We're back. We're back. Holy I've been dying cow. to talk about Smallville. <laughs> I love it so much. I've missed it. I've missed you, Robin. Oh, I missed you too. We don't want to wait. I am. Uh, I'm Robin, and this is uh, stuff. <laughs> you don't get to say your own name. I'll just tell you. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, you've been a bad girl. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. So we are, excuse me, uh, we are like uh, maybe three quarters of the way through season three, even further, like almost to the end of season three. And do mm-hmm. you want to tell the listeners how far you've watched? <laughs> I don't even know. We just watch one every night. What the heck? Every night? Yeah. Oh my God. Don't uh, tell me you're see. in season five already. No. Okay. Not in season five. No, we're just uh, a good bit into. We're about a third of the way through season four, and let me tell you, we watched one of the best episodes <laughs> ever. We got to get to it. So what? Yeah. What? What are you going to do from here on out? Well, I'm trying to forget I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, because, like today, I went back and watched these, um, these, these three, these four that we watched. I watched mm-hmm. these yesterday and today, and so I'm trying to like put those other ones out of my mind because it, it has been really weird to jump back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to just forget. Uh, okay, but, are uh, you going to continue watching forward? I think that's what we need to know here. <laughs> or are you just going to let me catch? Let us catch up. <laughs> Uh, Can you and Morgan watch something else for just a few yeah, we more weeks? Watch, we need to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll watch Stranger Things and catch up uh-huh. to season four because it's so it's di- it's very different. In season four, season four. Oh, yeah, yes. you've got new cast members. You've got cast members that are gone. I I can't wait to get to season four <laughs> and just a new uh, just a different vibe mm-hmm. and the character. There's. Characters are very different, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be specific at all. No, no, we, get we, have, we may have newbies listening. Yeah, don't, so. yeah, don't want to spoil anybody, but it's yeah, it's something. And like <laughs> I said, a a excellent episode. Oh, uh, do you remember the name of the episode? You don't tell uh, me what yes. happened. <laughs> yes, I do. Let's see, it was the um the the sixth episode of season four. Oh, okay. see, so you haven't watched that far ahead. If you just, like, put it on pause for a couple weeks, you'll be back. Uh, I mean, because t- next week we'll be watching the finale of season three. Yeah. And, you know. Just a couple. Yeah, because uh, we watched episode eight last night. Okay. The uh, one for, that your uh, Halloween avatar came from. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, uh, okay. So, oh, okay. Okay. Mm, spell. Let's yes. go back. Mm-hmm. Back to season three. Back to season three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are in episode 16 through 19 this week of season three. Crisis, Legacy, Truth, and Memoria. So... Um, shall we start with, uh, well, I don't have any Smallville news, uh, <laughs> so let's just get into Crisis, which is, uh, well, it's a good definition of why I had to take a few weeks off. <laughs> so, you know, I got a phone call from the future and I had to take care of it. <laughs> I loved this premise. Yeah. I was just, uh, I loved it. And that was, who was that, um... Drew's green is Drew. No, Drew, this is Kelly Drew. Souders and uh, Brian Peterson. They're, this that uh, writing team. 
Oh, okay. The one where Lana calls Clark from the future. So, um, yeah, I've been trying to, like, just write reactions rather than write episode summaries in my notes. So I'm, I'm still working on that. So the first thing I have here is Gumby Pete. <laughs> do you, Gumby. Do you know what I mean by that? Basically, uh, when a character is a Gumby, like, they... One week they'll be doing one thing, and one week they'll be doing another thing. But it'll be like they've been doing that that thing for the longest time. Like uh, before, it was playing football. He doesn't play football. And he's racing cars. Now he's working in the crisis center. <laughs> like, yeah, Gumby Pete. It's just like you have that secondary character that can uh, do anything or whatever. You know, I've never heard of that phrase, and I thought I knew it all oh, about television. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it came up listening to a Star Trek podcast, and it was a, a lot about Doctor McCoy. How he'd be a Gumby. He'd be he'd be serving different purposes every week. Uh, yeah, Pete uh, supposedly has been working at this crisis hotline for yeah. a while because he's you know people have helped him, so he wants to help people. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess he's turned his he's turned over a new leaf mm-hmm. by not. Uh, racing anymore I, I thought this was a weak scene i don't know the acting or something was just like it was rushed mm-hmm. but i mean it it doesn't really matter because it's such a good <laughs> premise <laughs> i i do like the you know every once in a while we get a nice redeeming moment for pete or something to admire the character of pete because pete hardly gets any favors done for him in this series but we get a couple of good pete moments this week with the couple episodes but like this this one, I, I I like that he comes in and he's like doing his Pete thing where he's like, it's all about some girl, you know, and he loves talking girls with girls in football with Clark, you know. And but when that phone rings, he sits right down, he, his face just like changes expression. He's like right there for whoever's on the other line. So I, I thought that was a good thing about Pete. So Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, Clark watched Pete answer a phone, and then he was like, I think I'll try it out. And it was Lana. Yes. Calling from the future and uh, and, uh, uh, apparently getting murdered over the phone. I like that Clark hangs up, and he's like, he looks at Pete, and he's like, Pete, call the police. And he runs off. And, like, if I was Pete, I'd be like, and... Why? What? <laughs> Do, should I send them somewhere, or <laughs> what should I even say? Call the police. Hey, Sheriff Adams. Uh, Clark told me to call you. Uh, <laughs> something's going down. I don't know what what it is. He got a phone call and he had to go. <laughs> but it, it kind of brings in Sheriff Adams for a, a moment, just to kind of dismiss the whole thing. Um, but we we get a nice audio tech scene, the audio version of Enhance. Where we're oh, singling yeah. out moments in that recording. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're expert uh, audio production people. Yeah. Not like forever. And we, you know, it would be nice if we had that equipment and that knowledge of how to do all that. Oh, that's how I do the podcast every week. I'm like, I got to get Sadie's bark in here right at this moment. <laughs> I got to lower this and raise this. I got to get the sports score. This. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny that Chloe like sits down and she's working on it, and it's like, okay, Chloe's Chloe loves doing the tech stuff, you know. Chloe, we we understand Chloe's a smart girl and she can do the stuff. And then Clark's like, hold on, Chloe, and like he changes scenes with Chloe, and all of a sudden he's doing it, you know. It's just like yeah. before when he 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 was hacking into uh, 
the uh, doctor of Helen Bryce's files a f- few weeks ago or a few months ago. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, you know, because I was like, how is this happening? I couldn't figure it out. Was <laughs> it time travel? Was it something like um, it's time set? Is it something that we have to, does Clark have to change the future does you know i i didn't know how it was gonna play out right and i mean yeah it's, i mean if you want to talk about that uh the fact that um uh clark uses his uh power that we've learned about last time about he's the only one who can change destiny <laughs> it's 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 this weird power that he has in this show because it was called out in uh, the episode hereafter. You remember that episode a uh, hundred episodes ago? <laughs> okay, uh, the episode with the guy. Oh my gosh, have you watched Mine Hunter? Oh yeah, I watched it all the way to the end. I, I oh, powered so right through. Okay, it. did you? Okay, the guy that was in hereafter, the little kid. Yes, he was in Mine Hunter. Did you recognize him? I recognized his nose. Oh my gosh! Uh, bu- 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 bu. What does he? What does he play? I, I remember recognizing him, but I forget what he was. What he played? Do you remember? He was the guy. Oh wait, he was a nervous who, uh, uh, suspect, right? The for the, the his wife, the one who his girlfriend, him and his his sister and his brother in law, like all three killed his fiance. Yeah, but it turned out she wasn't really his fiance. She was just being nice to him. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next thing I have written down here is a Lex line, and uh, he says to Lionel, I want to be your partner, not a paper pusher. So I wrote down, I want to be your partner, not a paper pusher, so let me pick a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was that Lex, the the feds came and ransacked Lex's house yeah. and found evidence that Lex was in charge of something that Lionel was doing that Lionel <laughs> threw Lex under the bus. Yeah, it's like so, it's it's like Clark asks Lex to look into it. Lex goes to Lionel and Lion- and he's like, "I want to be a partner." And Lionel's like, "Okay." And so he immediately goes and clears the lab. Adam uh then kills everybody in the lab, you know, off camera, of course. And then Lionel's like, oh, well, you wanted to be in charge of it. <laughs> You're in charge of it. And that's what the FBI is uh, gets involved with Lex. But <laughs> Okay, and then Lex, like, rolls over on Lionel, says, I'll wear wire and yeah. I'll get you some good stuff. What you've got now isn't anything. I'll get, I'll get you the, the big stuff, the secret labs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's so many, uh, so many. Ly- oh, sorry, God. You go ahead. Oh, I was just say there's so many dead bodies in that lab, and this is actually the first Smallville uh, episode that carried a parental discretion advised warning because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, because like this show is very family friendly, mm-hmm. except for this episode. <laughs> you know, when I saw Adam with the tourniquet, I was like, "Oh, that tourniquet's going to be wrapped around that doctor's neck. He's mm-hmm. going to kill her." Yeah, and poor Doctor Tang, like. Back and forth between Lionel and Lex, and each one of them being like, listen, you don't want to go back to North Korea, so you better work for me, or I'm going to send you back, I'm going to call them, and then getting murdered by Adam. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, so... oh, Lionel has liver disease. Yeah, everybody's got liver disease, did you know that? That's what, <laughs> that's what I've got. Why liver with everyone? <laughs> Why does everybody 
everybody have liver disease? Yeah, it's just going around. You know, you got to watch out for that liver disease. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Uh, and you might, you actually, at this point, probably know better than me if there's anything to, that goes on with that. But, um, yeah. Not that, no, not that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, L- L- Lana ends up at the storage facility. And I was reminded that a couple of episodes ago, Lana was like, oh, I don't know where Adam is. I guess I got to put his stuff in storage. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that's, you know, this whole thing with um, Lana being left behind, I just sometimes, it sucks watching these kind of episodes, you know, in your genre entertainment and being like, it's obviously going to, we're obviously going to see the beginning of the episode at the end of the episode and see, you know, if it, if it works out or not. And Clark sees over and over again that things are falling into place, but like, it's just like, stay with Lana, Clark. Like, take her to, you know, Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, like, take her way yeah. out of town. Don't let her out of your sight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I have a note here. It says, uh, we're, comforted, we're comforted by the fact that Jonathan Kent, you see Jonathan Kent getting his shotgun out to protect Lana. And then you realize that that's the actual gun that Adam uses to shoot Lana. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Yeah, no. and it's like... What about that phone? Oh, it's a phone of this random lady in the hospital. <laughs> and then we have to go we have to go to where her Oh, my husband has the phone. Yeah, this is back in the day when the it. couples would lend their cell phones to each other. Like, "Oh, you want to take the cell phone, honey?" <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so weird. I know the other day Edward was like, "Let me use your phone. Let me use your calculator." It's like, "No, don't you have your own?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is back when we could barely <laughs> afford them. Like, "You can take the mobile. I'll stay here by the home phone." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Burton and Chloe both mentioned in this episode about being hassled by the phone company to upgrade when they're trying to. There's <laughs> <laughs> a big thing against phones in this episode. <laughs> Screw you, Ma Bell. Oh, uh, so uh, skipping what well, we already talked about the whole um, uh, Lana at the Kent Farm thing, but uh, did you see when Adam goes to like Chloe has to go to the torch because of something? <laughs> like it's the uh-huh. middle of the night, I got to go to the torch and check on something, and for some reason Adam is waiting there. <laughs> uh, did you see him hiding when the lightning flashed in the begin- beginning of that scene? I think so. It's such a cool shot. It's just they they yeah. start on the outside of the window and you see Chloe walking across the torch. And then the lightning flash, you just see Adam hiding under a desk. Uh, what I want to know is, why did Lana have to wear Martha's sweater? I don't know. Like, did she have I to mean, wear her? A, I didn't catch that. It was a neat It was a neat little tidbit that, you know, when uh, she got to the Kemp farm, she was cold and wet or something. And, and Jonathan got her, one of Martha's sweaters, oh. sweaters for her. But I was, was just wondering pink? what the significance <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was light blue. Maybe it was like the shotgun, you know. Oh, gosh, we see that sweater. It's so memorable <laughs> from the, uh, the the beginning of the episode. Like, oh, she's putting on the shirt she was wearing when she got shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that Lana does fight back, like, though. Like it's like it's it's going to happen no matter what. No matter what, we know it's going to happen. Yeah. Except a few episodes ago, we established that Clark can change destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I love Lana fighting back, like the whole thing where Adam is chasing her. Nux. Yeah, she like knocks his legs out from under him yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, and Adam is yellow. He's a yellow fellow. Yeah. What, what you, oh, just because he's jaundice, or because of the yeah, he's jaundiced. <laughs> he's not getting his. The shots. makeup looks pretty good. Looks looks pretty. Uh, looks pretty real. Yeah. And we've discovered that uh, meteor rocks uh, caused the uh, plot of frequency to happen. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, lightning strikes. <laughs> Phone lines that are laying in a puddle And that puddle just happens to have some meteor rocks in it And that's what causes the phone call to the future And then when it's like interrupted That's when Clark was trying to pull Pull the uh, lines out of the water mm-hmm. Yeah Because in the phone call he's like Lana you're breaking up Yeah. And it was when he was Messing with the, the broken uh, Lines uh, I do love when you know Clark and Lex are being kind of held up at the mansion by the FBI guys, and uh, this uh, this one FBI guy comes out and he's like, "Hey, did you catch the uh, basketball score?" And, and it's like, "Hey, buddy, uh, we're here to work, <laughs> but I understand you're you're here to serve as a purpose to reference that basketball score we heard at the beginning of the episode." But <laughs> wow, unprofessional. Uh, Agent Loader actually I recognize this actor uh, He's Gary Hudson um, Did you watch along with uh, The intro to Briscoe podcast The Briscoe County Junior show Yes uh, Do you remember the sheriff That uh, his name was Aaron Viva But he is basically Sheriff Elvis <laughs> Like he was a sheriff that was Constantly acting like Elvis is just like one of their classic Briscoe anachronisms. Anyway, he's he's he played that guy. So it's just okay. kind of funny. This like Elvis impersonator guy is playing this agent. I'm trying to remember if I watched the whole series. Yeah, because I have it on. I bought it on DVD mm-hmm. to watch with the podcast. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so we have the uh, another great uh, dark. Dark Luther scene at the end of this episode uh, Where we have him turn on some opera And put a gun in his mouth (laughs) Yes, the whole Lionel and Lex thing Is like we will talk about later on It's so operatic, Mm. it's so Shakespeare I love it (laughs) It's uh, so Macbeth Yes Uh, And you know, it's crazy on the... uh, on the DVD, um, well, actually, let me backtrack. This is actually an added scene. This and the uh, payoff to the scene in the next episode are added. Um, they filmed this scene and the, the next scene uh, during Memoria. Um, they mm-hmm. just thought it was a good idea. Um, actually, John Glover found out over lunch uh, when he was uh, filming his scenes from Legacy that Lionel was dying from liver disease. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. And uh, and so they went back and they filmed this, like, uh, him, uh, uh, you know, thinking about killing himself. I mean, it's very interesting. Yeah. Because you go back and forth, you think, would Lionel actually kill himself? Would he be... I don't know. You know. It's pretty. If it's like a terminal thing, and he's got no hope, and he knows, and this, and that's the whole thing. It's like we find out that, uh, you know, this is why he's been experimenting with 
Adam and all this stuff with the serum is because he was trying to cure this disease that he has. So, so did he just find Adam who had died of a liver? Like, yeah, I think that's he, the reason. He, I guess he picked Adam out. Okay. <laughs> he called somebody on the phone. And was like, find me a young WB-esque looking man and uh, <laughs> who is dying of liver disease and. You know, we have uh, we have a North Korean doctor that's working on things. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but there's actually a deleted scene on the DVD where you see the scene of him clicking on the stereo and there's no music. And it's just watching John Glover work through this scene and there's no music at all. It's just you hear the sound of the crew moving about, giving him coverage, oh. whispering directions to each other. Really? Um, and yeah, I... I did say gun in the mouth. You actually don't see the gun go in his mouth um, in the episode, but in the deleted scene, you see the gun go in his mouth. And I think they must have like cut that because, you know, parental discretion <laughs> aside, yeah, it's it, still a bit dark it for was, Smallville. It didn't go in his mouth, but he down the barrel. Yeah. And, it, and, the and, the, and in the pickup in the, in the next episode, you see the gun is kind of like under his chin. So... Mm. But yeah, that was all added on, and it was kind of interesting to watch. Like this is a, this is a Smallville scene that's really like without the opera music, and just hearing like the the, the crew like behind the camera just kind of like and like moving equipment around, and yeah, <laughs> and just hmm. letting John work through that scene. It was really cool. Anyway, no no needle drops he for this episode. Amazing. He is. I heard a John Glover commentary for one of these episodes, so uh, I will tell you all about that when we get to truth, but Ooh. I have to talk about Legacy next. Oh, wow. Okay, Legacy. The one where Jonathan falls off the roof. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, the, wrote the one I start to lose it, and Christopher Reeve returns! Oh, yeah, I have lots of questions. Yay! All right, so John, you mentioned Jonathan falling off the roof. I wrote down, no one tells Jonathan Kent to take it easy. He could put up his own damn vein. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's always just like Mr. Man's Man, you because know? Because he knows that roof. Yeah. He knows that roof. Him and his dad built yeah, that Yeah, that's roof. right. But it's weird. He calls his, he calls Clark Callal when he gets down. Or when he falls, <gasps> yes, falls yeah. what the heck? Yep. That was crazy. He is just not himself. This is this is the one where Jonathan is not himself. Right. He's uh, it's like, Dad, have you been near the Nicodemus flower again, or uh, <laughs> as an enchantress? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the key is not screeching at Clark this time; it's screeching at Jonathan. Yep. Yeah. And that's weird about the the screeching of the key. Um, actually. Um, in the not not the screeching, but the the sound. Like sometimes I wonder if the sound is all the sounds are just for us, because okay, so after we see Clark in the caves, right with the key, and he's about to open something, and Lionel kind of like walks around the corner, is like, "Hey, Clark," you know, <laughs> and you know, it was just all this like <laughs> going on, and you think something is about to happen, and then he quickly grabs it out of the air. So I'm like, was that sound for us, or did Lionel not hear all that commotion? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So Lionel is sitting in his office with his gun, <laughs> and then he's alerted that, that Clark is in the caves. Whoop! There yep. go. Like, I've changed my mind. Yeah. It's all turning. I'm turning everything around because Clark is in the caves. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's his last 
chance. He's he's a desperate man. He's, he knows he's going to die, and he's he's like, well, you know, if there's something that's going on, I'm going to figure out this mystery, and it might be something that saves me. And that's what he tells Doctor Swan later. Um, so, but yeah, he tries to kind of reach out to Clark in the cave, like trying to be like, oh, don't worry, you know, be like. Warm and affectionate, just for his own purposes, you know, and like and talking about how yeah, weak his father is, and yeah, it's oh Clark, how's your father? And then later on, oh Martha, give Jonathan my best. Yeah. He doesn't mean right. that. He doesn't like Jonathan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He only cares about himself. Right, Trump. That <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's getting desperate. He's he's very he's very desperate. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Jonathan is uh, having a jor induced midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> he has this whole sad scene with Clark where he's like, you know, I'll be gone someday. What, if, gone. what if? What if I had? What if I had done this? What if I yeah. did things different? Dad, we don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> Any scene where uh, Jonathan and I don't know, like I, 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 I hate when Jonathan and Clark fight, and it's also kind of. Sad to see like Jonathan not in that like proud father role, like actually thinking about what if he never found Clark or what if he never married Martha, what would life be like? It would be terrible. You you would this is like your best life here, Jonathan. You you're serving a, a, an awesome purpose, and that's to raise Superman. And and Martha's awesome. So, um, but who knows if it's like something that's brought on by the Jarrell stuff and the deal and all that, or. If this is actually how he's feeling, because he's being weird and calling Clark Kellel, so yeah, it's very it's it's weird. And also, Galileo was not sentenced to death. <laughs> Galileo was sentenced to house arrest. Ah. And then also, then also, he like left Rome or wherever and went and lived in like Spain and shacked up with some queen or princess. Like lived in mm-hmm. her court. Magnifico. And, um, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that was that something that uh, Swan and Lionel reference in their saying? Um, it was Lex and Lionel talking Lex about Lionel. Galileo and right. like stand. I guess he was like you know stand up for your principles or something. I don't yeah. know. You know they have to. Lionel and Lex have to talk about some kind of historical. <laughs> yes, I love it. Literature, or mm-hmm. yeah. It's just their. It's just, yeah. Ex- Sorry, go ahead. I expect it every episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Lana Clark Loft scene. It's got to happen. I mean, it mm-hmm. starts not happening as much uh, these episodes, and that's because uh, Lana is starting to feel like she's uh, ready to move on. Um, but, yeah. Mm. And and I go back and forth, and that I'll talk about it later okay. more. But yeah, it's like, is it ha, has this run its course, right. and it's time for something different? Mm-hmm. Just like uh, Clark goes to Lana to talk about his dad. My dad's missing, and, and she's like, "Yeah, well, when I was in the hospital, the doctors told me that when people have illnesses and surgeries, they can go through a depression." And he said, well, it's not, it's just not like that. It's not like dad to blah, blah, blah. And then they kiss. Yes. And it's like, is that their goodbye kiss? Like it was, it just came out of nowhere. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, he is feeling the whole like, 
well, my dad says something about regretting lost opportunities, and I don't want to regret lost opportunities. So, and I, I, I said, I, I wrote down like, if you don't want to like look back and regret, maybe it's about time to tell her your secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you really want to be close to this girl, you're going to have to tell her what Pete knows. You know, <laughs> come on, Pete knows. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you you got to either let her go or tell her. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, um, we kind of, uh, skipped over the, the Chris Reeve scene here though, but, uh, it's interesting to see that Lionel kind of knows Dr. Swan, like Swan was like expecting him to show up. Um, yeah. uh, And Swan definitely doesn't trust Lionel. Um, and I think Christopher Reeve is great in these scenes. I just, I don't know. He's, I, I love the, and this is like his last acting performance of his life. So I'm just like, mm. um, interesting trivia. Uh, where, where was it filmed? Oh, uh, that was, uh, museum of natural history. No, you're close. Um, okay. So, Metropolitan museum. uh, Walmart. the inside of the, ret- uh, the rotunda of the New York public library. Oh. So I, I, I've walked by the New York Public Library and been like, oh, awesome lions, you know, get a picture or whatever. I've never gone inside, but that looks amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and they did show an exterior shot uh, of Dr. Swan's uh, alleged building, uh, but they used the Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember, do you know that hotel? It's outside that hotel is where John Lennon was shot. I, I think him and Yoko were living there. Um and uh, interesting trivia, when it was built in the 19th century, many people thought it was going to be a financial failure. Because of that, it was nicknamed Clark's Folly, because it was talking about the developer Edward Clark who had built it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's funny. <laughs> uh, what was that other piece of trivia I wanted to tell you? Oh, um in 1980, John Glover and Christopher Reeve starred together in a production of Chekhov's *The Cherry Orchid* or *Orchard*. So there, you, there you go. Mm-hmm. They, they know each I other. I bet that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, but it's funny how Swan is like, like he figures out that Lionel wants to get in, like he's he's just going to do whatever. He's going to hand over ownership of this cave, these caves, just to just save his own life, you know. And uh, he just. You know, Doctor Swan is not telling him about knowing any sort of knowing about the language or anything like that. And finally, he agrees to help him because he's like, "Well, you know, uh, if he's willing to use that key and hold it and see what happens to him, I, 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 I'm happy to use Lionel Luther as a uh, guinea pig." <laughs> because we remember what happened with uh, that other scientist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I wrote, I wonder if a real search warrant means a ransacking like this. Boy, those people went through that, oh. that farm. Martha's going to be busy for quite a while <laughs> yes. cleaning up all that mess. Yep. She's going to get behind in her apple pie baking. Mm-hmm. And what is she going to do about working at the Talon? Because that's a mess to clean mm-hmm. up. Uh, Clark finds... Clark finds Jonathan like he finds Lana at the cemetery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Talking to his dad. Uh, we got an interesting thing uh, that happens in this episode is Lana uh, actually confides in Lex. Yes. I've noticed that Lana and Lex have slowly been getting cl- mm-hmm. like she she comes to Lex 
and we kind of uh, gets it out. Of, Alexis. Yeah, he's she's there with her receipts and whatever talent business, and he notices that she's looking down, and she was like, you know, what the hell? I'll t- I'll tell Lex. He's always acted caring towards me. It's uh, yeah, it's very slow how their relationship has changed. It's almost like I don't have Clark to confide in. I need to confide in in this friend. Right, and it's good to hear. You know, somebody she's got to talk to somebody. It's kind of complicated to talk to Chloe about Clark. So we get to hear what Lana's mm. thinking, uh, talking to Lex. Yeah, she even she's she even helps Lex through his uh, whole Julian screaming a couple episodes from now. <laughs> but, uh, uh, oh, we get to see Lex talking German <laughs> as well. Oh, because Clark comes like busting in <laughs> on his his business his uh, business meeting with these German businessmen. Yeah. He's like, uh, and uh, Clark uh, follows Lex and sees that he's meeting with the FBI, and uh, he rips Lex's shirt off. How did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> that was hot. So hot. It's funny, and it's not the fir- it's not the only time that Lex rips somebody's shirt open in this this week of episodes we're talking about because he rips Chloe's shirt open too. <laughs> uh. Oh, and that's what I wrote. Oh, uh, fake F- because we the Lex finds out it wasn't actually the FBI that raided Clark's uh, the Kent farm. It's like, oh yeah, fake FBI re- agents will destroy all your possessions when they're doing a search. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, Clark. I wrote Clark. Don't scream at Christopher Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a bit of trivia that said Tom Welling felt a lot more comfortable working with Christopher Reeve this time because it wasn't like. Getting to meet this like living legend for the first time, it was like, "Hey, it's Chris." You know, I I worked with him before. Mm-hmm. I think they're able to get out a good emotional scene where, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like disappointed about Clark running off and going, putting, you know, going to the city and all that. Um, but there's a message I am waiting, and it's not for Clark. And what else? So, what does that mean? I think it's somebody is waiting. Uh, Jorel is waiting for somebody, and I'm assuming since uh, Cl- who else has talked to Jorel besides Clark? You know, uh, oh, waiting for Jonathan. He's waiting for Jonathan. Like we're still waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting for Jonathan to die. Yeah. Um. Oh, where's the key? Where's the key? Did the FBI, the fake FBI, get the key? No, Jonathan, Jonathan had, had the key, it. Yay. And I like what Clark like. Jonathan goes off to the caves with a shotgun, but Clark Clark goes back to the farm and finds Martha like slowly picking up like this gigantic mess. <laughs> and he's like, "Where's Dad?" And he runs back out. And Martha's like, "All right, I'll, I got this." Yeah, I'll be you here. You have super speed. You can do this. And I I know how fast you cleaned up that that kegger. You know, you could help me here. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a huge. Huge fight between Jonathan and Lionel, smashing each other through glasses and rolling in the dirt. And uh, I wrote, "This is a pretty rough fight for two people and two guys in like rough shape." You know, one's dying of liver disease, the other yeah. one's pre- post-op. Dying, but yeah, they're throwing each other around like rag dolls. John Glover said, "Schneidy and I really bonded that day, rolling around on top of each <laughs> other in the dirt." <laughs> yeah, they have. Yeah, he calls he calls John Schneider Schneidy. And he calls uh, uh, Annette Nettie. <laughs> Shinidi and Nettie. 
I want to know. I want. I want to know John Glover. I want to meet him. <laughs> I want to be his. Friend. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and then the key starts to work, and Jonathan's like, "Well, gonna have to kill Lionel." <laughs> You know, he's like, I can't, I can't let my my son's secret get out. So, time to murder Lionel. <laughs> he just starts strangling him. <laughs> Clark has to stop him. I thought that was great. The links that Jonathan will go oh, to to is... protect his son. Oh, he's he's such a job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay, this is where the key like disappears. Yes, this is very weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dr. Swan. Like, where did it go? Did it go through that glass? Dr. Swan raised a wand in New York City and went, Accio Crypto Key! And the key just soared off <laughs> and went right into his hands. <laughs> and he's and uh, and he put it in a little box and was like, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it would have made more sense to see like one of Lionel's men like maybe establish uh, like a, a, a familiar face amongst Lionel's men, and then it turns out that that guy is actually a double agent for Dr. Swan and show that guy like dropping off the key to Dr. Swan. It's really weird how it just mm. kind of shows up. It's much like how the key shows up in Lionel's vaults after being lost in the tornado. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like that key just goes where it wants. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I wrote, uh, uh Christopher Reeve dies six months later at age 52. Um, he was actually scheduled to return for the season four premiere, but was in the in the midst of directing a movie. Uh, he, he was directing this movie called Yankee Irving. I have no idea what this is, but or even if he got finished, but that's what he was doing. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So that's it. No more Christopher Reeve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the listeners, I don't know who it was, right? Or was it Tim that was talking about Tim that was saying that this got some story because of Christopher Reed's death, the storyline got dropped. Mm, yeah, I don't. Uh, but I wasn't quite sure what that means. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, what part of it? Uh, and I'm afraid to talk spoilery, but I think it's I I I can say that it seems like somebody else kind of picks up the mantle for. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Swan and like works on his behalf and, uh, and maybe that's it or what, what's, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess, uh, uh-huh. I th- see, I have a feeling that I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Okay. Also at the end where Lana comes to the camp farm, she has a pink, <laughs> uh, like a peacoat <laughs> and boot cut jeans that are like very big at the bottom uh-huh. and some ugly boots <laughs> like it just looks not flattering at all yeah did, did you notice that did you think oh lana not your boot look <laughs> i just I, I just laugh i've never I, this is a different experience watching smallville now because i never knew that kristen had this horrible problem with, aversion yeah, to pink, pink. <laughs> every single it's like it's as if like the costume designers are like you know what more pink yeah. can we pile on you? Because she also has a pink scarf. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. This is where she comes to tell Clark that she's missing out on opportunities. Yeah. She's, uh, she focuses on him and then he just does his usual thing. She's just going to end up missing out on other things that she could be doing, you know. And uh, I have to say justified. I, I, 
I I want these guys to be together. I I do ship Clark and Lana, but you know Clark, if you don't but tell her your secret, she, right? She gave you plenty of yeah. opportunity, Clark. I mean, after all that, you she just... remained his friend through the season, and um, you know, but you know, kept him at a distance. But and now he's going to start it start again, but not like you know, in any relationship. If you don't change or grow, <laughs> you, you know, you don't change things, it's not going to work out. And he's not, he's just like, well, let's just be in love again. You know, he's not doing anything different. So, oh, well, um, so Clark, you don't deserve uh-huh. her. Best needle drops in this episode. I put uh, Seal's song "Loves Divine" plays in the, the, the talent. It's kind of a cheesy <laughs> song, but whatever. It was familiar to me. Grant Lee Phillips' "Mona Lisa" plays when uh, Lana is telling Clark she's moving on. So that'll probably go on my loft hits playlist whenever I make that too. <laughs> Okay, so uh, these next two episodes, I had commentary tracks. Yay! And uh, Truth, I had a commentary from uh, Allison Mack, John Glover, and James Marshall. Uh, And it was kind of annoying because it was uh, a weird thing because they had John Glover and Allison Mack do one commentary. And they had James Marshall do another – do it on a separate day. And then the editor somehow like put them together. So, like, James Marshall will be talking seriously about a scene, and then all of a sudden it'll just kind of – it'll go, go back to John Glover and Allison Mack's conversation. They're just having a light, you know, fun conversation with each other, and it just doesn't mix – and it always seems like they're cutting each other off, but it's just how it's mm. edited. Terrible. They should have just did two separate commentary drags. Yeah, that would be confusing. Sounds like it would be confusing. But uh, John, John and Allison had a delightful chat. Um, John asked Allison what her first job was, and she said it was Police Academy 6. She was a little girl on a bus that got hijacked. And then she said, you're much better than the regular driver. And uh, she also said that uh, she thinks she thinks that thinks the world of John, uh, but it like he became even more iconic in her eyes when she discovered that he played a part in uh, one of her favorite movies, Annie Hall. So he like, he had like Mm. a bit part, but he was in it, you know? So it's kind of like, Oh my God. It's like knowing somebody that was in star Wars, I guess to me. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the one where Chloe has the power to make everyone tell her the truth, except Clark. And this is also the first episode of no Jonathan Kent because John Schneider, Schneidy, is uh, busy prepping mm-hmm. for his directorial debut that we'll be talking about. I realized, yes, I realized that as the, when I moved on to the next episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, this is that's where Jonathan has been. Yep. He's prepping, <laughs> doing prep busy. work. So I'm looking forward to finding all sorts of fun trivia about that next week. Um, so I, I wrote a list of the truths down. And I figured we'd just kind of move through those a little bit and uh, and let discussion flow from that and maybe have other notes afterwards. If, is that okay? Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. So the first truth we find out is uh, Mrs. Taylor, who uh, first is like uh, – admits that she was uh, – uh, watch, she watched television instead of preparing for class. <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah, the first, the first truth, the first lies, the first truths—they're kind of minor, yeah. not very. Uh, you know, does, doesn't mean much. <laughs> and then we find out better, just kind of funny. Yeah, and then we find out she was a part of a radical group and she, that blew up a bank and accidentally killed somebody, and now it's like she's she's been living in hiding, and her son never knew, and it causes all sorts of problems with the son. Uh, Pete blurts out that Clark can. Run to Metropolis and get hot dogs in supersonic speed. <laughs> and, and oh, that the look on Clark's face, like his eyes are huge. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and, and he was like, "He's just kidding." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Pete. You know how slow Clark uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, Pete? Uh, and I, I thought it was, it was great. I thought it was funny. You know, then we have Martha blurting out about. Well, first she's like, just gets like TMI with Chloe about her husband's like depression, you know, and how angry he is. Yeah. She's like, oh, wow. I was like, wow, Martha, you had that all pent up inside you and you just had to let it out to somebody. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, you realize what's going on that she can't help herself. She's, it's a, you know, that it's Chloe's power over her. And it's just like, Chloe becomes so obnoxious with this. <laughs> yes. This is like. Her, this would be her dream. Yes, to get people to spill the news to her that she could report. But she becomes like a a social, like she becomes a pariah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk to her because um, that's a that's a Smallville episode title, by the way. Pariah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in this episode, I mean, you realize that Kryptonite just turns people. Into villains. Like, if anybody gets power, they're going to end up being a villain somehow. The villain, the uh, they're going to take their thing to to the extreme yeah. to the point that they're a villain. Because it's crazy that Chloe went to the torch and printed that about the teacher. Like, you would think she'd be more empathetic and being like, it, like I should use judgment yeah. and. Um, uh, I have a refrain from that. I, I have actually a, kind of a longish quote from Allison uh, Mac talking about that. Um, she said, I was really concerned with truth because I thought it made her look pretty heartless. I don't think she's a heartless person, so that was difficult. We spoke about it a lot and actually was shot the last scene because it ended up not being what anyone wanted. Uh, oh, yeah, the the last scene they were going to have kind of like the end of the. Uh, um, the Velocity episode with uh, Clark not being able to forgive Chloe for yeah. trying to find out his secret, you know, and and have it end like them them kind of broken up as friends. Um, but then they decided that, uh, and I'm not sure if they were entirely successful, but that this truth serum spray kind of was like Red K for Chloe. <laughs> You know, she she was doing things that are very unchloe like because she's getting more ind- addicted to getting the truth out of people. Yeah, she she, okay. wrote, she, she wrote or said uh, it was a very delicate balance because we had to make it incredibly obvious that it wasn't Chloe. It was the drug that was responsible just so she didn't lose all her compassion. I consciously tried to play her like a sleazy lawyer. She was a bit too antsy all the time. I don't know if it read that way or not on screen, but that's what I wanted. It was fun to do something a little bit different. We made her like Nicole Kidman's character in To Die For, so she became a ruthless, hungry reporter. She was also like an agent, intense, pushy, and aggressive. 
a little bit, but not enough because I just felt like she was just getting really excited about getting what she wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought it just kind of like twisted her a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was out of character though, that she would out that teacher like that. I wouldn't think it was out of Uh character for her to, um, try to get Martha to tell her what's up. Yeah. Yeah. In the commentary, Allison said, Chloe's got more, has got more hardened as the years have gone by. She's been through a lot. And John Glover retorts, I've gotten my eyesight back, but I never knew if I really lost my eyesight or not. People keep telling me I'm, I was faking it, but I thought I'd lost it. Go figure. It's <laughs> 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 oh, just funny. Um... <laughs> Um, so, da, 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 what else? Um, Where's Chloe's Volkswagen? Why is Chloe driving her dad's car? Oh, yeah. Well, there's actually a reason for that, too. Um, Chloe's driving her father's Ford Thunderbird in this episode. This is not explained in the plot, but it's most likely because four Thunderbirds were wrecked while shooting this episode, and it would have been significantly more costly to wreck four late model Beatles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that yeah that did that bridge look familiar by the way? Yes, <laughs> yes. I feel the like they're at that bridge a lot. Yeah. Is that is that the same bridge where uh, that they were with the FBI agents or the fake FBI? Oh agents yeah, or maybe off the off the yeah. I I wonder. I'm not sure. And then also, it seems like in the episode spell that was the same place. I don't know anything about this episode. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, how about this? There, there was also this is a. By the way, this is. A, I, I believe this is. Let me scrolling back up madly. Um, darn it! I went too far. Yeah, this is the Drew Drew Greenberg episode. By the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, what about when there when Chloe and Clark and Peter in the elevator? <laughs> She asked Pete something, and he said, and then he kisses Pete, kisses Chloe, and says that he's in love with her. <laughs> what is up with that? You didn't know? No. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, they're always hanging out together, and remember the episode where, ah, oh, jeez, which one was it where Pete like went after Lex with a gun? Gosh darn it, that was the cave one, right? Wasn't that when he got stung? By the cave month, yeah. yeah, and he like this what they were having the rave in the yeah. cave, yeah, and then he went after Chloe, and it's because he's got feelings for her, he's got a he's crushing on her, so. Well, they need to add a little more, <laughs> yeah, just a little more. Well, he, again, this could be another case of Gumby Pete, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, according to the commentary, uh, they had to do about twenty takes of that kiss. Because according to Allison, Tom Welling kept laughing. <laughs> I believe it. And John Glover said, "Could it could it be that he was laughing on purpose to make that make you have to kiss uh, Sam over and over again?" <laughs> funny. Oh, um, uh, another funny commentary story. Uh, John Glover. They were talking about Kristen, and. Um, you know, Chloe's like, or sorry, Allison is best friends with Kristen. And John tells about the story where he had a triple date with Kristen. Like he was on a date with somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And Kristen was on a date with another person in the party. And they all went and saw Secretary 
on stage. You know, sick. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, oh. I was so embarrassed to see someone being spanked on stage with Kristen there. And Allison said, people tend to get embarrassed about inappropriate things in front of her, which is funny because she's so accepting and non-judgmental. And John Glover said, and she's always got a book, always reading. So funny, funny behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Well, you know, you would, I mean, it would be, you would think, well, that's weird. John Glover being on a triple date with Kristen Crook, but they're in Vancouver. Yeah. There's only so much to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> they probably just accidentally ended up in the same place. I, um, so another thing I had is why did they call it Levitas? Uh, levitas is Latin mm-hmm. for levity, the the truth stuff, right? They called it Levitas. The project is Levitas. Um, and it's Latin for levity, fickleness, inconsistency. And uh, I think it should have been called Veritas, which is Latin for truth. <laughs> I don't know if that uh, – I don't know if it was changed at the last minute because I think we're going to be talking about the word Veritas soon. So, but if that doesn't seem familiar to you, then maybe it won't be as soon as I think. So, <laughs> mm, Veritas seems like I know it from someplace else. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, I really think Chloe needs her own spinoff where she's being this fox mother of Smallville. <laughs> when we see her like busting <laughs> yeah. into the secure laboratory Lionel. and all that, Lionel, isn't it true that you killed your parents for insurance money? <laughs> Why yes, why yes, Miss Sullivan, it is. Oh God, that was the best scene. The, oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, oh, where is that uh, in my notes? Uh, oh darn it! Did I not write anything? This is not very entertaining to Conducive people. Conducive to podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he 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 admitted he oh, needed yeah, the money is. to start his. That's how he got his business going. So that's we find out the answer to that little mystery. He ordered Morgan Edge to kill his parents, and uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. She opens up her phone, and I was like, "Are they going to try to convince us that she's got some sort of recording app on that little phone?" <laughs> And then we find out that it was her voicemail. And I was like, oh, that's smart. That's smart. You know, because it is a recording. Um, but it's great how it pays off at the end of the episode with Lionel leaving its own message on her voicemail. Um, Allison said that yes. Lionel brings out the kid in Chloe um, because Chloe is so much smarter than any other, the, any, any character in like her peer group. Mm-hmm. That Lionel is somebody that really, you know, can put her in her place, mm. make her feel like a kid because she can be like an adult and stand toe to toe with people like Lex and, you know, Lana and Clark. Um, uh, where Chloe breaks into is section 1978. And that's the year that Superman, the movie came out. Um, <laughs> uh. uh, and I wrote, what do dogs have to do with truth serum? <laughs> like, were they trying to get the truth out of a dog? Or maybe having a dog woof the truth out of people? <laughs> like, uh, how are they? Yeah, because a dog scared her. Yeah. Like, a dog was underneath the, <laughs> like, what were they using a dog for? And James Marshall said in the commentary that they wanted a monkey instead of a dog. And he couldn't get his monkey. They put a dog in there. But again, it's like. Well, they had monkeys with Dr. Uh, Tang. Tang. Yeah. Uh, Lex admits to Chloe that uh, he wants to. He wants Lionel to love him. 
Oh, yeah. I thought this was great because Lex knows that she can make anyone tell her the truth. And, you know, he figures that out because he knows about the project and he knows that somebody that Clark knows busted in, hmm, put two and two together. It's Chloe. So he summons Chloe to the mansion and is like, like pretty brave of Lex to be like, this person has the power to tell, make me tell the truth. And I want to use her to get the truth out of Lionel. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, he admits that. That was emotional. Yeah. yeah that was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote this Pete, what Pete the- quote down after the whole kissing incident. He, he says, can you ask Jeeves how long it takes to die of embarrassment? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny and dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> Fifteen years, you know, years ago, I would have really laughed. <laughs> yeah. <at it. laughs> uh, another scene that is laughable, though, is the uh, the doctor that is now a bum that lives in an alley, but somehow has some sort of refrigerator where he keeps these gigantic syringes full of the. Oh yeah, that was full weird. of the cure to the truth serum. Come on, that hot homeless guy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And according to James Marshall, they like shot, they like had no idea where to location scout. So they ended up just kind of like shooting that behind the studio. <laughs> they just dressed that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Clark Pulp Fiction's Chloe. He rips her shirt open. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> John Glover had quite a reaction to that scene. He's like, oh, Allison. He's like, oh, Chloe. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I was wearing my red bra that day, and then and then he's like, I should really start watching this show. It's really quite good. <laughs> Not a creeper. At all. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much. I mean, uh, Allison admits during the whole makeup between uh, Clark and Chloe, she says it always feels so good to hug Tom and get a get a chance to hug Tom. That you know. Uh, I wrote down that uh, Chloe's voicemail password is one two three four. Not very. Uh, <laughs> not very <amazing>. yeah. <laughs> Come on, Chloe. You got your get murderers confessions on your voicemail. You want to have a better code than that. And then in the emotional Lana Clark scene, Lana does not want Clark to talk her out of going to Paris. Yeah. And I wrote, "Who's uh, going to watch the Talon? Who is going to? Oh, did I say that? I think you did, but it's funny. It's funny. There's actually a, delete, a deleted scene in this next episode, and then they totally took it out. And I think they ended up importing that plot line into uh, into a later episode in season three. Um, yeah, there's an entire. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Are we done with the truth? <laughs> well, I was just gonna say. Um, I don't. Yeah, we're through. Okay. Oh no! I was just gonna ask. What? Okay, this is um, Sadie is coughing. <laughs> Can you no. hear? <laughs> That's a cough. <laughs> yeah. Tell her to stop smoking. She She does that. Uh, okay, this is like a the Paris. It's an art school. It's a, a school for the yes. arts. What is Lana's talent? Oh, you know. Um, well. Appreciating art. I mean, if you see the interior design of the talent alone, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's got an interest. (laughs) 
<laughs> it, it is weird. Yeah. She has no – nothing that we've – I can't think of anything that Lana said about like appreciating art. Uh, she likes she, doing art. She liked she liked the poetry that uh, uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Jekyll, Mister Hyde, kid gave her. Mm-hmm. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, kid. That, yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, Memoria. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> Written by uh, Alan Miles. <laughs> What's Macbeth? What's the other one? What's the other one? Hamlet. Hamlet. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, the directorial debut of Miles Millar, uh, co-creator oh. of Smallville. And I learned uh, through the commentary that it's Al Goff. I've been saying Al Go. It's Al Goff. Mm-hmm. Al Goff and Miles Millar. Okay. Okay. Well, let me tell you about Miles Millar and Al Goff's writing. Mm. They're good writers. And th- I really like what they're doing with these characters, uh-huh. but it's, I don't know, a little, I don't know, dry, I don't know. I, you, gotta, you, I, <laughs> I mean, you didn't hear me, it was I No, 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 I heard, I, 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 I heard dry and I don't understand. <laughs> Cause it, I don't this know. Floor, this it's first just... scene is completely wet. Uh, <laughs> it is soaked. Very much so. And that kid is such a good um, little Lex. Oh, God. He's great. And unfortunately, he's like, yeah. this is like the only time he plays little Lex in any of the flashbacks. Uh, this is uh, Wayne Dalgish. Um, and at the time, he was a world champion in martial arts and weapons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh, wow. and uh, apparently, uh, according to his IMDb, he stayed close to superheroes. He, he does stunts. And stunt choreography He's done it for all the DCEU movies So he's still oh, wow. working In the DC universe But yeah it's kind of funny that they, they said that in the commentary He's like a world champion in martial arts and weapons And I'm like what Can you be more specific I, I see this little <laughs> shrimpy kid And I'm like what But I guess he uh, You know he did all the physical stuff um, You know what little there was You know um, And he was very professional So but uh, yeah, he was really yeah. good. Yeah. Oh gosh, that close up at the birthday party. Uh, yeah, that was so heartbreaking. <laughs> I guess they got the idea from a like a Ronald Reagan film years ago. Like they had the same kind of scene of some little kid, and nobody showed up at his birthday party, and it's just like the the entire room is full of like all the lavish gifts that his parents have given him, but yet like nobody's there. So he's so sad. Mm. But uh, yeah, this kid was the fight coordinator for Wonder Woman. Yeah, <laughs> stunt coordinator for Deadpool two. Yeah. Fight choreographer for Justice League. Isn't it crazy? Wow. Yeah. Um, Very cool. So uh, let me let me rewind to the beginning here. I, I have to say, Little Lex uh, uh, fully creepifies the song "Hush, Little Baby," uh, <clears throat> and is like singing to his little blanket brother. And we see it's an echo of what happened in Shattered, where Lex did the same thing uh, before mm-hmm. he had Lana uh, kicked about. <laughs> uh, and we okay. Well, let me ask you yeah. this: uh, Are you? No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I'm interrupting. No, I was. I wasn't in the middle. I was just running through the my notes. What were you, What were you going to ask? Okay, so Lana was a good dad before Julian died. Yeah. 
I mean, but then, but then again, uh, Lex's mom, the reason that she um, murdered her child, emphasized her child, was because she didn't want Lionel to influence yeah. the baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. He was a better dad than he was post uh, infanticide. <laughs> infanticide. Um, but he was still the same father that, you know, turned away in disgust when he saw Lex laying in that cornfield. Um, so mm. I think he had his, 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 his moments. He does have a moment here with the giving, um, Lex that lead box and telling him the story of St. George. And it's just like a genuine, like, like happy moment between them. But Lillian mm-hmm. talks about how, you know, it's almost like Julian's almost like a second chance for Lionel and because Lex is like screwed up, you know, <laughs> he's bald. He doesn't have like, look at, look at this little, this little, uh, gentleman when he's got a, like, a, he should be wearing a regal crown or something like that. He says, and, uh, and Lillian can see that he's going to end up playing them against each other. Um, cause that's just what he does. So, and so, well, and I couldn't figure out, was Lillian disturbed because, you know, was it postpartum depression? I think that was played a big it? part of it, yeah. And because Lionel's a monster. Yeah, yeah. Lionel, yeah, you can tell that he's like, he's very much like he wants everything to work his way. And, uh, you know, and he he's not very affectionate. He's like... He's like it's it that scene with him and Lillian and trying to make Lillian hold the baby. It was like he was just tolerating his wife. He wasn't like, "What's wrong, honey?" You know, like you you need some time or you know anything like that. He just was like, "Oh, come on, you should be, you should love this child. Stop this nonsense." You know, mm-hmm. trying to force yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I guess he's not a very empathetic guy. Oh, they um they did some work on him for. Making him younger, they gave him a new wig, and they did what's called <laughs> eye poles, which are clear pieces of tape to kind of give you a temporary facelift. They just mm-hmm. kind of pull back all the all the bags and stuff, the wrinkles. So that's how they pulled off uh, practically to make him younger. They didn't uh, Robert Downey Jr. hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like on this week's This Is Us. Jo- Jay, uh, J, uh, J, uh, Justin, Jake Justin Hartley. Oh, okay, sure. Justin, Never heard Justin of Hartley. Him. You don't know this person. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the show like bounces around in time, yeah, yeah. and so they're like thirty-five now, and so they go back to their twenties, uh, and they, they, I don't know what they do to Justin Hartley, but it looks like he looks like he's like twenty-two years oh, old. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So my next note here is uh, they built a new balcony onto the mansion for Lex to have this scene, and we there's there's plenty more memorable balcony scenes ahead. It's, uh, I, I was like, oh my god, it's the balcony! So <laughs> I don't know, that's <laughs> just me. Um, and yeah, uh, Clark and Lana have this moment where Clark's like, you need to stay away from Lex, and I guess. You know, according to the episode, Lana's like, okay, you know, and we never see Lana for the rest of the episode. Lana's just there to give that information to Clark. But yeah, they deleted an entire Lana plotline out of this episode. Um, hmm. Lana receives a letter from the Paris School of the Arts that says she's been accepted. 
Um, then she discovers that someone's messing with the Talon's phone lines, and it turns out to be Agent Loader, who suspects that Lex is laundering money through the Talon. Um, and he kind of harasses Lana about this at the at the Talon, and um, uh, Lex ends up ends up uh, apologizing for uh, Agent Loader to harass her. And he's like, "What can I do to make up for it?" And she says, "You can buy your share of the Talon. You can buy me out." And I believe that happens in another episode, but I'm not sure and if it, if they refilmed it mm-hmm. or if they took the scenes and moved it around a bit. I don't know. But they took it out of this episode because they said it just it just took you out of the story. What you don't want to you don't want to have a scene going where you're just like, get, let me get back to the other thing. <laughs> yeah, and it might be that this episode like had no B plot yeah. or whatever, had no. Nothing to take you away from the oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, when I said that it's dry, it's just that it's just I don't know. It's intense. It's just different. It's just a different episode. Than- oh, gosh, I love it. <laughs> this is actually I, I really <laughs> dig this episode. I mean, I do. T- I mean, I think it's yeah. I mean, it's very interesting with uh, you know because you're you're. Just like it's just Lionel in a nutshell. You're constantly questioning, wondering about his motives mm-hmm. and his intentions and where he's coming from. I think it opens it up even more, you- though. I mean, gosh, this like we had no idea. Like there was like this hint: something happened with his brother Julian. Something happened. We don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but Lex was like rocking a cr- uh, rocking a, bl- a folded a blanket in Clark's barn when he was at his lowest, and something was happening there. And it turns out that Lionel thought Lex murdered his brother because he took the fall for his mother. And that's mm-hmm. been the thing that's kept him uh, – like, okay, that Lionel scene with Chloe in the last episode is great. But, oh, my gosh, like, one of the best Lionel scenes in the season is him, like, realizing uh, at the end and Lex being like, I'm done, you know? And he's just like, if mm-hmm. I knew, if I knew, I this it would have been different. It's like – you know, maybe you should have trusted me, or so, I don't know. Well, he he knew that um, Lex knew that his father would hate yeah. him, but he knew that his because he was the heir and the number one child that he was protected. Yeah, he knew that physically he was protected, but he knew emotionally he was uh, making himself vulnerable to Lionel's abuse or neglect or whatever. But he he knew that if if Lionel knew that the 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 Lillian yeah. Lillian had did it, there's no telling what he would right. have done. Right, she was definitely expendable. He's she's not carrying the Luther mm-hmm. line, and and frankly wasn't being the greatest mother in his eyes. You know, man, <laughs> that's crazy. And they <laughs> and oh, they show the baby just for a second. Oh, crazy. They said they had to fight to show that uh, in the episode. Oh, really? Know. Um. But, uh, oh man, crazy. Oh gosh, I'm skipping ahead, but that, oh, that, like that whole thing, it gets me. I don't, I, I, I get right into how, um, the emotional heights of this episode and the, just the yeah. sadness. Of and Lex it's so and good Lionel. that Lex knows now. Yeah. Because that's what he was going to the doctor that was treating Ryan. Yeah. To figure out, uh, you know, missing time. Oh. And everything. And it turned out that, that this is what was. What came to him. And so he's like, well, now I know why my dad hates me. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He thought he was going to find out what he lost over those seven weeks. But uh, 
Um, mm-hmm. He found out something different. I wonder if he. But now Clark did. I just wonder if he. What? I, I wonder sorry. if he thought that he killed his own brother all that time. Like he convinced himself. Uh, he probably did. Mm, crazy. Yeah. Because all this time, like you kind of knew, you kind of figured, you had a feeling, like you kind of fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. But it was just really nice to know for sure. And Lex like murdered a guy like at the beginning of the season. <laughs> um, the reporter. Um, oh yeah. Oh, also, um, Lionel showed Clark the video from Bill Bill Hayden? Bell Reeve. Bell Reeve. Yep. Yeah, he's got an "I know your secret," Clark GIF on his uh, monitor. Like anytime he he's got, it's like a button press away. He's like, "Oh, hi, Clark," and he just presses a button and it comes up. And it's like, "This is my favorite." In a loop. This is my favorite GIF. I know your secret, Clark. I know your secret, Clark. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was cool because um, also well, I, like talking about that scene, like like Clark wants to stop Lex from getting these treatments from Dr. Garner, but Lionel's like, are you sure you're doing it to save Lex? Or are you doing it to protect whatever your secret is? And uh, Clark's got to come to grips of like, like, am I going to be okay if he gets that memory back? But that's, that was interesting too. So, yeah. And it's still the relationship between Clark and Lex. It's still strained. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down the sneer Lionel has when he finds Julian in the crib and then turns around on Lex. Oh my God. Imagine getting that sneer from your dad. It's just, Oh God. Anyway. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, Steph's favorite words spoken on Smallville yet. Strip him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So those are some form fitting, uh, red boxer briefs, huh? Uh-huh, very nice. I wrote down, this puts David Duchovny's Red Speedo to shame. <laughs> no, that, I, I, I don't know. Not really. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum it's... was joking about Tom wearing a sock for that scene. They're like, no, he was not. <laughs> in, the, in the commentary. Uh, yeah, so. What else? Uh, so Clark uh... has a vision of being put in the ship. And... Oh, yeah. And uh, Lara, he, he, the words, the word Lara comes to his mind, and uh, that's the name of his mother. Yeah, it was nice that um, he knows that his mother loved him and was worried about him, mm. and that maybe Jorel is a monster, <laughs> like Lionel is a monster, but at least his mom loved him, and maybe yeah. his people aren't so bad. Yeah, uh, some trivia about that whole thing. Um, that the the words that were scrawling on the ship as he was being put in there that was the message that he read in lineage that was that message um uh the voice of Lara was played by Kendall Cross uh who was in the episode Relic as Jessica Kent Jonathan's mother so Jonathan's mother voiced Lara Clark's mother uh, if you notice in the scene as they're putting him into uh, the ship, Jorel has a red sleeve, Lara has a blue sleeve, and Kal-El is in a yellow blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they couldn't show the faces of these characters because they were developing a new Superman movie at the time. It turned out to be Superman Returns, but at, they were originally thinking about rebooting and doing an origin story. And they didn't want to, like, you know, confuse the feeble-minded uh, TV audience, you know. <laughs> um, oh, there's another great Lionel scene in this episode, too, and that's between him and Martha. 
And you can see that Martha is like firmly in her husband's corner, but she does kind of miss that job. Oh, really? I just felt that she had this moment of like this thing that goes across her face of just kind of like, Uh, I didn't think about that. All I was, all I was focusing on was, uh, 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 Lionel saying, Oh, how's Jonathan? (laughs) I know it's hard getting over his condition. Yeah. Going, you just tried to kill him. There's some great. Uh, just, there's some great uh, uh, bruise continuity across John Glover's face ever since he gets his face pounded in by Jonathan. <laughs> like the next two episodes, he's got a bruise on his face, and it slowly heals. Uh, but yeah, this uh, Smallville is usually about fathers and sons, but this episode was about mothers and sons. That's what they wanted to put across, and they really wanted. They really dug. That Evanescence song, My Immortal, <laughs> they brought that in. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this song. Um, and they had, rather than a Lana Clark loft scene, they had a Martha Clark loft scene. And I thought that was really, really good. Mm, very telling. And Clark feels guilty about forgetting his mother. I'm like, dude, you were a baby. <laughs> How would you remember? Um, and she reveals that Clark's first word was Laura. Which is, uh, I think, harder to say than daddy. <laughs> Usually daddy's the first word a baby says. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martha gives him a hug and reassures him that a mother's love never dies. So that's all the notes I have for that episode. But I, oh, I love that episode. Uh, is it my favorite, though? It is it your favorite of those is, four? I'm, I'm wondering if it's my favorite. I'm looking at the episode. Of the whole, of the whole series? Oh, no, of the week. Oh, of the four episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I just love Crisis. I think just the whole um, premise was just fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't know. I just like good send off for uh, against some uh, so mother. <laughs> I was gonna say, what happened to Adam? He's dead. <laughs> he died. Okay. I guess so. He like. We will see him yeah. next fall, this fall on ABC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he <laughs> dies. He was dying because he wasn't getting the serum. And he had like a few hours left and passes up. That's right. The, because the whole reason that they were at the um, storage facility was to get <laughs> his books. And inside one of his books is where he kept his serum. Yeah. And it was gone. And um, who? Lionel took the rest of the serum? Right. I believe so. They did. I was expecting them to cut to a scene of Lionel looking at the, the serum and like putting it in a drawer. Uh, but um, okay, cool. I oh boy, I have to say, uh, Legacy was great too, uh, but it's not as strong as Memoria. I really, really got invested in Memoria. So, all right. So, Crisis is yours. Memoria is mine. Next week, uh, we'll be talking about just three episodes uh, because we're cl- closing out the season. The last three. Talisman, Forsaken, and Covenant. And I have some more specific teases, but I also said I also have some extra credit if you want something new to watch. <laughs> What's that? The Chloe Chronicles Volume Two. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe John Glover shows up in it. Oh. Anyway, I'll be okay. Give me some teases, even though I've seen them. I want to. I know I can do it. some more specific teases <laughs> now that I don't have to. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna be too spoilery, but I, I, I rather than being like someone will blah blah blah. Okay, my first is Professor Willowbrook and the Legend of Naman return. Naman. Wait, Professor Willowbrook. Yep. Oh, uh, the Native Americans. Yep. Yep. And so does Emily Dinsmore and her dad. That's going to pay off. 
Yes, I remember this, yes. I wrote, someone gets a haircut. <laughs> Which is probably one of my favorite Smallville scenes ever. Oh, uh, oh. oh yeah, that's exactly, love it. <laughs> um, Clark gets visited by a relative. Question mark? <laughs> relative? Um, someone in the main cast dies? Question mark, question mark? <laughs> And Kal-El returns? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got we got a lot to talk about, even though it's only three episodes, but you know, I like people to talk about the season as a whole after finishing it. So cool. We'll talk about that next Tuesday. And uh yeah, we'll see you all oh, if we went an hour and a half. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Uh, we don't want to wait. Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> yeah, <right. clears throat> Not used to this podcasting thing.